Should I inject bleach into my eyeballs with a needle? Well, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. Or by the committee to stop injecting bleach into the eyeballs with needles. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England. All right, ladies and gentlemen, guess what time it is? It is time for another episode of House of Pride Radio coming at you live from San Francisco, California, one of the gayest cities in the world, I do believe. And <laughs> hanging out with me today in the studio is a legendary performer in her own right, the one and only Miss Colette Legrand. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Well, beautiful I, uh, day. Yes, it is a beautiful day. Well, welcome back. This is your second time on the show. And before we get started, uh, we're going we're gonna to get into some music. But before we do that, tell the folks listening to us, Colette, where, where your residency is these days. As far as, as, far as uh, performing and stuff like that? Yes. Okay, well, I've been working at Aunt Charlie's Lounge at Turk and Taylor for oh, almost 20 years now. I... I'm in part of that, the, the Hot Box Girls show, plus I, I am the cocktail waitress during the show, so we have a good time. Do they tip you a lot? Are they nice to you, the clientele? They're very nice to me. Everybody there is very, they enjoy the show and they tip all the performers very well. Well, that's great because now you, you not only get hard tips from right. working, you know, like a right. tactile job, but you also get to slip behind the curtain as well and, and turn on the magic for the clientele. Right. 
They must love that. They do. Do you ever take any men home with you? No. I've been married to the same man for 27 years. <laughs> no. May I suggest bringing your microphone closer oh, to your, your portal? Oh, there you go. All right. No, I've been married to the same person for, tw- well, we've been together 27 years. Well, congratulations. Thank you. What is her name? His name is Richard. Richard. Yes. And you guys have been to a steady item for 27 I years. I met him at what in those, well, I'd worked at the Black Rose, which was the, back in the 89, 90, the transgender bar there then, which is Divas now. Oh but, my God. Well, hold, but, on, hold one second. So Divas used to be called another name altogether, another owner altogether, the Black Rose? The Black Rose was owned by a transsexual uh, woman named Francine Logan Dice, who owned the, the Black Rose, and she owned a couple of, of gay bars in Castro. And I worked at the Black Rose for about six and a half years. And then when she sold it to the new owner, he sort of let it go under, and then everybody moved to the mother load, which is on mm-hmm. the on the corner of, of Post and, and, and Larkin in those days. Yeah. And then the, the guy that owned that bought Divas and uh, managed that for about five years, and then he sold it to the guy that owns it now. Who is the new owner? Who's the current owner? His know? name is Steve. I, I'm sorry. I don't know his last Steve name. Steve something. And yes. then one of the managers is our good friend, Alexis Miranda. Alexis Miranda. She's my good friend, too. I, I, I gave her her first show job in San Francisco at the Black Rose. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. When she was just a young girl. What, <laughs> what was your impression of her, ta- you know, her technique? Oh, I loved her as an entertainer. I, I wasn't too fond of her personality in those days, but... Are you now? Has it, well, gotten, has it gotten a little better? She and I are very... <laughs> we're, we're family, so, you know, I don't oh, say yeah. nothing bad about her. Right. Now, speaking of that, um, your family, in a sense, your friends, but you're mm-hmm. also a bigger family because you're all part of the imperial court system. Well, yeah, there's two courts in San Francisco, the imperial and the ducal, and I have a title in both of them, but... What are your uh, titles? Well, I started off in the imperial court, and I... The 18th, tells you how long ago, because mm-hmm. uh, the Mercedes is, Empress Mercedes is 52, so. Mercedes Monroe, the current reigning Empress. Empress. Yeah, is Empress number 50. Well, she'll be Empress number 52 when she steps down. Yeah. Uh, my friend Connie ran for Empress way back in the 18th reign. And when she stepped down, she gave me the title of Imperial Countess to San Francisco, which I still have. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I ran a couple of times for Empress and said, eh. But I ended up running for Grand Duchess with the Ducal Council, and I reigned as Grand Duchess 17, and the second time as Grand Duchess 33. Wow, so, so you quite a history that you have. You've been in the mix some, some time. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, listening to us now here on House of Pride Radio, um, it's just, you know, it always just, ama- not amazes me, but um, I'm always so fascinated and, and it's very satisfying to meet guests that come on the show and have such a history like this because, um, you know, folks know that the Imperial Court and the Dougal Court system do so much for the not only the LGBTQ community, but the larger San Francisco community 
with their fundraisers, giving back, and volunteering so much of their time. So it's, to me, it's all good. And yet, they never jeopardize um, the glamour and the glitz and, and just the, the kind of like um, celebratory attitude that you bring with it, you know, right. with the crowns and the gowns and all those good performances. It's really a remarkable thing that really is so alive in San Francisco. Both, both, both. Uh, organizations raise a lot of money for the community. And it is now worldwide, some of these courts? Well, mostly the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, there was rumors maybe that couple of countries overseas are going to start one, but... Oh, the, how exciting. I don't know if, that's, if that'll come to pass or the not. The genesis is San Francisco? Well, the, 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 Jose Saria founded the Imperial Court in San Francisco yeah. uh, 50, 52 years Fif ago. 52 years, and, and he just passed away recently. Yeah, a couple yeah. of years back. How, how old was he? He was up there. He was in his 90s. Yeah, good job, Jose. He was in his 90s. Yes, sir. And um, right now, Nicole Murray Ramirez, who was the, oh, maybe six-time Empress of San, San Diego, is the queen mother, and she's in charge of the whole international court system. So she's the longest, the, the oldest living member of the... Well, I don't know that she's the old. No, there are other members that are older than her, but she was the one that Jose Passed. proclaimed to be her successor. Oh, there can only be one queen mother, of course. Right, I should know that. Yeah, so she's the queen mother of the... Of the of the Americas. Is she a friend of yours as well? Oh, yes, I like... Uh, she. Uh, I can't say it on the radio. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. <coughs> clear, yes, clear your throat first. <laughs> but anyway, years ago, I first met Nicole, I'll tell you, on the corner of Turk and Taylor. Was she pimping or... Or the other. I won't say what she was doing. <laughs> I know what she was doing. I know what I was doing, but I'm not sure what she was doing. Oh, those streets, if they could talk. We used to, well, when I won the Jose Honors, it was funny because she presented it to me and she was very dignified. And I said, I, if you do remember, we met on opposite sides of Turk and Taylor. And that, that, was, that was a different time back then. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, you know, that's when there was more of a, would you say, a gay um, nightlife in that area? Oh, the Tenderloin back when I moved to San Francisco in, in this early, well, mid-70s, that whole Tenderloin, there was like 15, 16 bars right down there within those three or four blocks of one another. Amazing. What was the energy like, if you recall? Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it was... Alive. Oh, alive yeah. and kicking. You could, because you could go from the Peter Pan, which was right at the end of... At the end of uh, Turk, mm -hmm. where Turk first started when you come off market and walk all the way up past uh, Leavenworth and that, all that hold had nothing but bars and you could just go from one to the other. Yeah. Those were the days. And that was before Castro was even Castro Street. The Tenderloin and the Polk were the two big areas way back. What was going down in, on Castro on 18th at that time? Not much. Did you ever had, go over there? Yeah, but it hadn't really come of age. and It didn't really start coming of age till the late 70s. Late 70s, yeah. Yeah, yeah interesting. So you at know, one Harvey point... Because uh, Harvey Milk had the uh, his little store there on Castro Street. Oh, right. The, and was, then mm -hmm. that started... With, with him coming in and becoming a supervisor and all that, the Castro oh, started like the spotlight kind of shone yes. down on the Castro. Castro started coming into its own. Yeah, and then the Elephant Walk was there. Yes, the Elephant Walk. And, and then they I had guess a lot I of good bars in those days. They still have good bars. Oh yeah, it's that. Well, now the Castro is the main place. Yeah, pretty much. But back, so there was a time when there's actually two like little districts. Yeah. Wow, I wish I was and around Polk back Street then. Was 
was big for a long time, and it's sort of, I don't know, I guess. It's fizzled out over time. Like that, you know, yeah. Uh, Venues were sold and yeah. then repurchased. Uh, there were non non LGBTQ right. bars. It got to and, be yeah. so expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of and just to upkeep it, so you know, a lot of places closed. And people grow older, like the owners of Deco Lounge, which I DJed at a few times, it was a great place. But um, I believe it was the story was they were just tired of running it. Or something like that. Oh, get in a phone call already, uh, Carlette. Maybe this is for you. Shall we pick it up and see who's calling? Maybe they have a question. Probably, hopefully, it's not somebody I know. Hello, House of Pride Radio, live on the air. Who is calling? Hello. You're live. Oh, they hung up. Okay. Maybe well, maybe they'll call maybe back. One of my friends gonna read me for something, <laughs> and then had a second thought. That's okay. <laughs> uh, well, let's take a short musical break. Okay. <laughs> break. Now, um, I've declared since it's Summer of Love in San Francisco this year, celebrating. I guess it's been 50 years uh, since the Summer of Love. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it is Summer of Freestyle Love here on House of Pride Radio. And uh, tonight we're actually going to um, interview one of uh, the uh, artists from that period uh, by the name of Susie Carr from the uh, wonderful 80s, 90s group Will to Power at 7 p.m. Folks, don't go anywhere. So to celebrate freestyle of love here on House of Pride Radio, going to turn things up with one of their biggest hits. And you'll probably recognize this, folks, listening to us. This one is called Dreaming by Will to Power.
Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing it here on House Pride Radio. It is the summer of freestyle love on our station with Dreaming by Will DePower, lead singer Susie Carr. That is a solid, solid, good example of freestyle music, Corlette. It is. You remember that one, don't I you? I do. And uh, I we're going to. a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I know. You, you should write a book. <laughs> Uh, but we'll have her on again at 7 live interview from Los Angeles calling us here in the studio talk about her um, freestyle tours that she's been doing and so much more but uh, let's get back to the local luminaries such as yourself Carlette talking to us about how things were back in the day still going strong with the court system and your residency at Uncle Charlie's Aunt Charlie's <laughs> and Uncle Gus's, yeah. So. And Charlie's has survived all of these years. Uh, it's your your favorite local neighborhood watering hole and performance venue. Yeah, yeah. It before it was Aunt Charlie's. I think it was Mitch's first. And Mitch's it, what? Way back, and then it was the Queen Mary for a long time. Oh, that would be fun, Queen, Mary. Queen Mary. Yeah, and then uh, when the new owner bought it. I mean, when the guy that owns it now bought it, they changed the name to uh, Aunt Charlie's. Yes, Aunt Charlie's. Because they had a bartender there. If, I re- if I'm telling the story correct, his name was Chuck, but people called him like Mother. You know what I mean? He oh, was yes. Sort of the, yeah. Like the, the mother. resident, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. Sort of like Mama in Chicago. Yeah, his or name something. was Chuck, so I think they sort of made it like Aunt Charlie's. Yeah. Was, if you're good to Mother, Mother's good to yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's do a shout out to some of the bartenders there. I, I, they're all so friendly. Uh, we have Minnie Minerva. Minnie Minerva. Uh, Jose. Jose. Shout out to Jose. Uh, bar manager Joe. Hey, Joe. Um, guys are doing such a good job over at Aunt Charlie's. Bob. Bob. Is he the owner? No, he's, uh, he works there a couple of days a week he's in his 90s oh he's wow such a great guy oh bob, great, bob hanging yes. in there and then uh get the party started micah micah's there too i don't remember what all the what days that some of these people work but. yeah well this is a if you guys listening to us has you have never been over to aunt charlie's uh you really should put it on your list of things to do it's such a san francisco flavor uh they have do they have uh, activities every night or um Friday and Saturday night they have the the hot box girl shows. Pretty much two two to three Sundays a month they have some kind of fundraiser with either one of the Imperial or the Ducal Courts. Um, Monday there's I don't think there's much going on. Tuesday night Miles Cooper has a, I think I I think it's called High Fantasy. It's a DJ. He has a. Uh, it's a DJ night, and then in the at at midnight they have a mini a mini show. Okay. Christina's done it. I think I've done it a couple once or twice. Oh, is that Christina Ladybug Gilmore in the green room? It is. She's oh there. my goodness! Welcome. My She's made friend. it over. Should, should we bring her in? Yeah, sure. Oh, then, all right. Uh, uh, we used to have a show there on Wednesdays, but we ended that last year after ten years. Oh, all good things have to come to an end. Yeah, I was just, I was kind of bored with it by the time the 10 years was over with. But then Thursday night, they have Bus Station John. Yes, I've danced there. His, yes, so have I. And uh, that's pretty much the way it goes. All right. 
um, fabulous Anchalis located at Turk. Turk and, 133 Turk and Taylor. Turk and Taylor, right in the, the tender. Right in the tenderloin. Mm-hmm. But it is a. It really has this distinct flavor, folks. Never been there. Do mark it on your calendar as a must destination. Now, without the further are ado, very cheap. drinks are cheap and strong. Yes. And you can have sex in the bathroom. No. I no. Don't. Okay. <laughs> Um, without any further ado, I'd like to bring in to the main studio the one and only Miss Ladybug, Christina Ladybug Gilmore. Welcome. Hey, how y'all doing out there? Yeah, we're doing good. How you doing? Good. Yeah. What's going on in your world? Oh, honey, just keep myself busy as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing uh, shows, fundraisers, that. How many shows you do a month now, girl? I usually do about maybe three or four. Wow, that's almost one a week. That is busy because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of you know time to get prepared for a show. Yes, about three or four. Because, you know, I do paying gigs uh, besides fun- doing fundraisers. In fact, I was um, at the White Horse last Saturday for uh, the uh, a- a- Alameda Imperial Shake and Bake Annual Contest. Oh, that's great. The Shake and Bake Annual Contest. Uh-huh. Now, folks who have never actually heard of a drag queen or what that all means, when we say show, what, what do we mean, uh, Miss Christina Ladybug Gilmore? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it, of course it's a drag show It's an open show for all the entertainers But we help raise money And um, I was there last Saturday And it was cute And then this past Sunday I was at the Turf Club The Alameda Ducals Did the um, Evil Wives Club fun, uh, Fundraiser mm. uh-huh. And I'm one of the Evil Wives In case y'all want to know <laughs> And, um, Did you come up with an evil name? Uh, no, I'm just Christina Miss Ladybug Gilmore. All right. And um, evil wife number ten. No, I'm evil wife number one, uh, one fourth. Oh, okay. Uh huh. I couldn't so, remember how many there were. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was cute, and uh, I will be performing next Wednesday at the White Horse. Oh, great. Uh, for the Rebel King show. And then that Friday, uh, which is the 23rd, I will be performing at uh, Cal Prep, not too far from my house. It's in, it's in Oakland. Uh, it's on 28th and Adeline. And I'll be uh, performing there. Now, on that day, I was, opposed, I was supposedly supposed to go to the Trans March, but look like I'm not going to make it this year because I got to get all my stuff together. You know how Miss Ladybug do it. I got to get all my outfits. I got to get my makeup together, my, 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 my hair, everything. So, I'm a, I'm a busy girl. Yeah, me too. Very, very, very busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. You don't have time hardly for dates. Not really. I'm just basically just... Are you seeing anyone right now? or No, not, not right now, no. If anyone wants a date with, are you available? <laughs> I'm always available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 24-7 what are you here. talking about? Good girl. <laughs> anyone interested in getting to know Miss Christina Ladybug Gilmore, <laughs> you can call us here at the radio station, 415-550-0511. That's 415 
550-0511. That's right. Don't hesitate to call. We love when part of our extended com- uh, family calls in and <laughs> gives us the tea. Okay. I worked for AT&T as a telephone operator for yeah. 30 years, so that's how I can remember all the phone That was good, Colette. Are you really? That was your day job? Yeah. Hi. For Welcome. 30, 30 years that was. We have the green room filling up with local luminaries. Yet another drag illusionist has just walked in by the name of Erica Clash. You all know her. We're going to be getting her in in just a few moments. Hang tight out there, Erica. Okay, she said okay, she will. Thank you. Um, So, yes, we're going to set you up with a blind date. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. Be careful. Yeah. Oh, I'm always careful, honey. Huh? Trust me. She brings her but, uh, sting ring with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mentioned that I had ran for Grand Duchess this yeah. year. Now, unfortunately, I did not make screen because two things were stopping me from becoming Royal Grand Duchess. You, uh, 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 they said that that I, I'm not in, I'm not working, and I, that I don't think I can afford to go out of town. And so that was the only two things that was stopping me. So I thought, okay, Don't well, I'll just... Don't get discouraged because it is expensive. You know what I mean? And yeah, because I can't and, afford that. And, and you have to spend your own money. That's I what mean, I'm saying. it's not like they have a big fund, any of the courts, even in San Francisco. What is sac- what, if you think about the amount of work that goes into being a part of one of the uh, mm-hmm. court systems, see, mm-hmm. it, it, it's never going to be about the... the a profit. It's it's another mindset altogether, isn't right. it? It's about what is it about? Like volunteerism. And- it's basically serving the community, volunteering, and raising money for the various different LGBT charities, etc. But you also have to do a lot of traveling out of town because you want all the other courts to come and su- come and support. You know, mm-hmm. when you step down, because I know the second time, I, first time I was Grand Duchess, I went to forty different places. That's a lot of traveling, lady. <laughs> I was young then. Now, do you pay for your own transportation? Yes, they don't. Pay, I mean, even like plane flights and. Oh things? yeah, you, they, good they, lord. They ha- the Imperials have a travel fund, but it's not very much. The Duels, we don't have a travel. Fund. Oh okay. So pretty much you have to uh, drive. Yeah, or or fly. Take a bus. Can, you know, <laughs> take <second>, Greyhound. <laughs> the second time I, I was a Grand Duchess, I was a little older, so. I didn't go quite as many places, but I still went to like 27 coronations. That's a lot. Yeah. Is it, was it gratifying? I mean, was, it must have been interesting, all these locations and the, the way different girls put the, put it down. And- uh, it's different. I mean, every, every court is different. But the thing I like about it is I've gone to places I would have never gone in my life. Oh, is that right? You know what I mean? Like I went yeah. to Oklahoma. <laughs> like who would go to, right. Yeah. I went for a coronation. What city just- was that in? Oklahoma City. Oh, right. I've the, heard of Oklahoma City. Well, the, I, I think it's the only back, city in Oklahoma. I just came back from Albuquerque. You know, they have oh, I've always wanted to go there. It's in the middle of nowhere. Are there a bunch of, you know... They have a huge court. And it's huge all, court in Albuquerque. And it's all young people. Young court in Albuquerque, New I mean, Mexico. I'm, 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 How is that possible? What's going on down there? Well, it's like very progressive. Who would know? Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the thing that impressed me was they are very... Shout out to Albuquerque, gen, Imperial Court System. Specific. So oh, wait, Dugo Courts. Yeah. The Imperial Court of, of Albuquerque, they, you could be a, a trans girl and be empress. Is that right? So there's or no. Or you could be a trans girl and be emperor because they don't have any specific gender 
requirements for the for the titles, which is good and gets a lot of people involved. Speaking of Empress, uh, somebody in the Alameda uh, the, uh, Alameda Imperial. Uh, told me on Facebook that I would make a fabulous empress. Mm -hmm. Empress Christina Gilmore. That would you be. Should, that would be. Girl. Yeah. Is that on your list of aspirations? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And I said you probably would have more fun. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> That'll be the day. I don't care. They could. I've known those Shh. people for thirty years. They wanted. That'll be the day. Well, if you have the fire burning in your tummy, honey, it's gonna have to come out one way or the other. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll figure it out. We, we, of course, we'll support you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll do anything for you. You just call me and let me know you need help. You just call. I'll be there. I know. I get that a Ain't lot. Ain't no mountain high enough. I get that a lot. <laughs> they say that people support me. You know? Yeah. You're a good, I've been around a, a long girl. time. I know. You were around when I first came around. We oh. didn't know each other very well. I, I know. <laughs> but, mm. but we got to know each other through the years. Because ever since I joined the, uh, 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 with the Alameda Ducal, I kept climbing up this. Yep. I kept keep I keep uh, going to fundraisers and this and that and other. Keep winning these little titles and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I got a, a wall full of titles. <laughs> Cause see, our Duke and Duchess last year raised fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the Imperials raised about a little bit more. Uh, their court raised a lot of money last year too. I don't know exactly how much, but. Yeah, our carnation is coming up in uh, July. Yeah, ours is in September. Our ducal is September. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, Alameda Imperials is also in September as well. Yeah. Carnation mm -hmm. will step down. Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. All right, well, we've got to bring Erica in, but before we do that, I've got to plug something. You know, last two weeks ago, I interviewed Company B. You guys probably remember them. They're another great 80s, 90s group who had that amazing freestyle song uh, to celebrate our freestyle of love here at House of Pride Radio entitled Fascinated by Your Love Boy. Fa Fascinated is the name of the song. Went to number 21 on pop, but number one on all the dance charts. Anyways, they've got their act together and they are performing and they're doing the huge pride some, uh, in Fort Lauderdale. I'm going to shout it out right now. So it is the best Stonewall pride this year. It's bigger than ever. 30,000 folks going to show up at Hunter's down there in Fort Lauderdale. And Company B is doing the closing party, ladies and gentlemen. Anyone who listened to us in Florida, if you haven't gotten your tickets now, you should go jump right on that now. This is one hot ticket. Company B doing their greatest hits and more at Hunter's this Saturday, June 17th. All right, you got that? All right. Yep. And to, to top it off, I'm going to play one of their biggest hits, Fascinated, and we'll be right back with Erica Clash. All right, you guys down? I'm down. I'm down. Okay, here it goes. Company B. Here we go.
Mm, I am fascinated and happy that Company B is knocking it dead, and they're doing that fabulous Pride this Saturday at Hunters in Fort Lauderdale for the Stonewall Pride celebration. 30,000 folks will be going. I wish I was going to Fort Lauderdale. Have you guys ever partied in Fort Lauderdale? I've never been to Fort, uh, Fort Lauderdale. I've never been to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go live, folks. Um, listen to us on House of Pride Radio. Kadori's uh, check out our guests. We have, we've been talking to Colette Legrand. Check out her page on Facebook. And Christina Ladybug Gilmore. I think it just comes up under Christina Gilmore. Yes. Yes. On- since, they, since Facebook changed my name. Ugh. Yes, it's uh, they're always playing with you. Always playing yeah, with us. Yeah, always messing around. I ain't got nothing else better to do. And my, our newest guest to the room is Erica Class. Welcome. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Oh my God, I'm like deep throating this already. <laughs> you know, practice makes perfect. Well, but I've practiced. <laughs> yes, I can tell you're such a natural. Yes. Well, <laughs> well, we. It's great to have you back. You've been on about three months ago. I think you were here a couple uh, months. A month and a half, two months. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we've heard, we learned a little bit about you, and mm-hmm. then since then, you've been really getting a foothold in some of the venues. Yeah. Um, I did uh, Mother for the first time about two weeks ago and i've been doing monster show regularly i'm gonna be doing booty this saturday at dna lounge and i'm really excited because it's um electronic dance music uh mashup night so i'm ready to do some high energy performances uh, yes is that tell us about your style what do you bring to the stage or does it change about a bunch of times yeah yeah um so i'm known as the video game anime bukake drag queen of the world so i um i do like cosplay i i love makeup um right now i'm working on a really huge uh pokemon related project um and i'm right now learning how to sew also so i'm gonna start making my own costumes really soon Awesome. Well, that'll be cost-effective. Yes, very cost-effective. Well, <laughs> she's she already getting a clientele. We'll see list. if I can get. You haven't even get learned a, get the skills together. Oh um, but B Dazzler has been my sewing teacher. She's she's probably the best person you t- could talk to if you need a costume. Is that a real person, B Dazzler? B Dazzler. Oh she gosh. she hosts the Folk Queen pageant. The, the last one was on uh, April thirtieth. Oh, yeah. of course. Yes, yes. 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 I thought it was that. I thought you were kidding, and you it was no. you talking about that that no, thing oh, you buy the, in the mail, the B Dazzler. Well, that's her pun. <laughs> is that it's she's she's she likes jewels and you know yeah. so B Dazzler. You do, Carlette. All right. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to Miss Sugana, who actually won oh, the Folk Queen pageant. Yes, she did. Congratulations, Miss Sugana. Yes, and I'm still upset that I missed it. I was in LA uh, for RuPaul's DragCon when during the Folk Queen pageant, but yeah. I'm a big supporter and lover of the Folk Queens. Um, well, there will be another one. <laughs> yeah, next year. Next year. Yeah. And Miss Sugana is the, the royal crown princess for the Ducal Court too. Oh, she is. Yes, she is. So. She's fabulous. She is. She yeah. is fabulous. Yeah. Oh, Christina, yes. uh, you wanted to say something about Coffee TV? Yeah. Um, last uh, Sunday, they did the the re the repeat of a uh, uh, dance party, a pride dance party. They did the uh, remake. Uh, me, myself, Rasa, and Cruz and Lou was on that show, and I was I was hoping uh, they was going to show the other uh, episode where it was it was me, you, uh, uh. What's that girl's name? BB Sweetbriar, uh, Michelle Miao, oh, okay. and a couple other was on there because mm-hmm. that, that was done back in 2015. Yeah, they and it was called the 45 Pride Dance Party. I and I had so much fun that day. We were dancing like it's nobody's business. It was, I, we had so much fun. We was, <laughs> that's the oh one thing goodness. they don't have anymore in San Francisco. Is really good dance bars anymore. Wow, you know, 
Shame. It is a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I would say in New York, the clubs are also kind of dying out, unfortunately. Are they really? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, the first place that I ever went to when I was, when I, like, was 18 and came out was um, Splash in New York, and that's closed. Um, I think Suzanne Barch and her whole world are, the, are still going, but everything else is kind of falling off. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, New York, I said this last time, I think, New York and San Francisco are having similar issues with, like, gentrification and all that kind of stuff. And right. and also grinder, you know, people don't mm-hmm. need to go out. Right, who dip. needs to go to a bar now when you can yeah, use your right. two-dimensional device to get off? But honestly, though, if I were single, I'd prefer to go to a bar, to be honest with you. Me too. You know? so it's more Even organic. Even though drag has kind of ruined, like, going out for me in a way. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you know, but, like, feel the same way, like, you're in, you're all, you kind of see beyond, you see behind the, the curtain, so to speak. Yes. So it kind of ruins it, but at the same time, there's nothing like meeting somebody and having a connection right. in the moment. That's a great title for a story, Behind the Curtain. Mm-hmm. And also, you're less likely to get cut up in the bathtub later on, yeah. if, if you meet the person in, in person first. Who is your significant other? Uh, his name is Johannes. He actually just uh, got a job at Google. As oh, an engineer, oh, so uh, that's why we moved originally. Um, but he's he's home now. Okay, he's, hey, he's, he's a cute German with big glasses, and yeah, just love how I like them, like a huge nerd. <laughs> wow, he's a huge nerd. I, I love it. Any and it's an interesting dynamic. So it's like artist and techie. Yeah, but you know, it's funny because as an engineer, as a as a researcher in that field, there is a lot of creativity involved. So we have similar issues of like, you know, um, oh, this person put out this paper and it's really good, and you start he starts to doubt himself. Same way that I would, you know, see somebody turn it out and have a little bit of self doubt. So just all about you know similar issues with conquering that and keeping creative juices flowing. And other juices flowing. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Okay. Can um, I ask you a question? Yes. Is there... I'm not that familiar with the, with the drag scene in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, the clubs and stuff. Yeah. Is there as much variety of, of, of drag as there is here? I mean, here we have a lot... You know, we have the style that you do, you know, which mm-hmm. is different than the actual regular old school drag which is a lot, a lot right. like what we do right so i mean i don't know i think here we're lucky because there's something for everybody here i don't know if it is in new york um i think i think to a certain extent that's the case um but i think in in first of all the scene is very segmented between manhattan and brooklyn okay so there are some queens that don't cross the bridge at all i was i was always all about working anywhere i could <laughs> yeah you know like <laughs> so i was never categorized into like a brooklyn or manhattan right. kind of thing yeah. The Manhattan girls are very um, Broadway-oriented, and they tend to be a little more pageant-oriented, okay. too. Um, and then in Brooklyn, you have, like, very, um, I think, more close to what San Francisco is. Okay. Very very queer. That's good. Ge- like, yeah. all gender, like, mm-hmm. all, you know, it's mm-hmm. very, very um, sort of not the, the norm of, good. you know, when you think That's of, like, good. a typical um, RuPaul-type mm-hmm. type of drag queen. Um, yeah. Because, I mean... I started, the first time I ever went in drag was 1968. Whoops. <laughs> I wasn't even born yet. Small, it, one year well, after the summer of love. Yeah, where, <laughs> I, where I was living in Santa Barbara, California, which is Southern California. And I, we, we, there was a bar there that was owned by two lesbian girls. And they used to let all the other underage girl queens in. And one day she said she wanted to do a drag show. So she had one of her regular patrons put up about six of us up in Dragon. That was the first time I ever did it. Wow. It was strange. I don't know. Wow. See, but that's the kind of, um, like, 
that sense of community I don't think is around as much it's in New York. Anymore. In New York specifically, I think here the queens are a lot more community oriented. You see a lot more queens volunteering. Yeah. Not that it doesn't happen in New York, but I think everybody's so busy, busy and focused yeah, on so every you know. And also I think the audiences in New York are a lot harder to get their attention Could because be. They're mm-hmm. you know on their phone or they're mm-hmm. some and some people are not really there for the drag show necessarily. They just kind of stumble in after yeah. work. Um, so you really have to work hard for your for your tips in New That's York. Good. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you in? Con- <laughs> You're like mm-hmm. Are you that? In- what yes. she said. Are you encompassing the 50th celebration, 50th year celebration of Summer of Love into your act? Anyhow, have you? Are you is it even on your radar? What is Summer of Love? She's don't kill me Colette don't kill me please inform but trust me when I tell you I am I am for the most part up on my drag and gay history. I do try to keep as a young queen I do try to keep up to date but That's I don't good. know what, I've never heard what summer looks so like. I, 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 I don't want to say because I feel like you were actually there oh, <laughs> were you wearing flowers in your hair no Okay, I'll. But I'm assuming in 1967. It was 19, the summer about. of 1967. Um, there was already a really pretty vibrant music scene. Uh, we had Jefferson. You had Air, Jefferson Airplane. Oh, Jefferson Airplane. Uh, Janis Joplin Janis was around. Joplin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, things were happening. There's a hate Ashbury scene going up down. Uh, people were experimenting with drugs, and in in a sense, to open up your mind and kind of take it to a next level because they had that I remember the only thing I remember was they had that song if you're going to San Francisco be sure to wear some flowers in your hair Mm -hmm. (laughs) so sort of a creative renaissance here in San Francisco and the reason why what is going on my phone is like attacking me stop okay Uh, because we had the Vietnam War like raging along everything was fucked up and people like young folks you know young folks Mm -hmm. are the ones with the energy and they're gonna like try to get change make change and, and the poppers too and the, and the, right and the psychedelics and uh, was, so they were using it was the first time that as a movement people used mm-hmm. love as a way to like mm-hmm. overcome societal problems and right. take us to a new place so sort yeah, of a countercultural feeling a couple of cruddy well in my opinion anyway presidents and those and that in the 60s I mean after Kennedy was assassinated it was like you had the assassinations going on right early 60s yeah. so here we are 67 yeah 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 and uh Lyndon Johnson was president, and we got Nixon the next. I was too young to, you know, I was, I was like three, but okay. but when you were, I mean, I wasn't even born until 1969. <laughs> I know you weren't even born yet. You, uh, mm-hmm. and <laughs> my mom was uh, five years old. Okay. Oh my God. But Colette, where where did you actually come up for a summer of love? You were in Santa Barbara, did you say? I lived in Santa Barbara. No, yeah. I didn't come up for Summer of Love, but Santa Barbara is, in those days, it was a very hippie-type city. So you were in, keen to what was going uh, down uh, yeah, here. Yeah, because the University of California in Santa Barbara in those days was a lot like Cal here. Mm-hmm. They had big uh, campus riots, you uh-huh. know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, stuff like that. So, and a lot of hippie kids. Were you wearing daisies in your hair? I wasn't. But <laughs> I didn't have any hair back then. I don't have any now either. <laughs> well, listen, let's take a short musical break. Okay. Um, pay homage to some of love with the one of my favorite groups from that um, era, the Mamas and the Papas. Oh, we'll, my God. 
We'll be right back uh, with more House of Pride Radio. We oh, I should um, folks get ready because uh, not only are we interviewing uh, interviewing Susie Carr from Will to Power, uh, we are also interviewing a young um, local artist who lives in Portland um, who goes by the name of Velo. I want you to go to Facebook and and type in V E L O and check him his page out. He is so sexy and so talented. So we're going to talk with him, Erica, as well. Right. We'll be right back after a little word from the Mamas and Papas. I love them. All the leaves are brown. All the leaves are brown. And the sky is gray. And the sky is gray. I came for a Yes, Erica, I agree. We need a new hippie movement. With all this Jeff Sessions, testimonies, and... <laughs> Sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, I have a little treat for all of us. We have this really attractive, talented, young artist on the phone, live from Portland. I believe it's Portland. We're going to find out. Uh, and he has a new song. We're going we're gonna to have an exclusive, folks, here on House of Pride Radio. Well, let's have a nice round of applause for Velo. Yay! Yay! Is that Portland, Oregon, or Portland, Maine? Oregon. Oregon. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm actually in Seattle, but Portland is like our sister oh, city. I oh, love going nice. there. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like the show. It's it's very oddly similar to the show, which is what I 
love about Portland. Although Seattle's not that far from, you know, a hipster city for sure. And uh, how long have you been uh, doing music? Uh, so I've been doing music for about uh, two years on a on a very serious note. I was just sort of like playing around with like covers and having fun performing here and there, um, those covers. But the past two years, um, I linked up with Manila Luzon from RuPaul's Drag Race and became good friends. And, you know, I was really inspired by her her work ethic and uh, I just started you know I just went for it and I started writing and taking it to the next level that's great that's hot now are you just coming back from um, a, like touring I'm actually about to uh, I was just in New York I did a show in New York and I also met with uh, producer Mitch Farino to talk about I know I know Mitch I know Mitch I used to perform yeah. at the Monster Bar sorry to cut you off Oh no! I love but yeah, I just got excited because it's like great to see him doing all these place. amazing I loved things. It. it was such a cool bar, and he's such a good guy, you know. Um, and I'm a big fan of his work, so you know we've been talking about uh, doing some work together. I'm, I'm currently I just finished up a song with Aja, and and so we're talking about having him do a remix to it. So okay. that's amazing. Um, that's so you performed at the Monster Bar. No, I didn't perform at the Monster Bar. I just met up with him because I believe that's where he worked. Yeah. So you you guys are collaborating yeah. on future of future like performance gigs, venues thing in yeah, New York. Yeah, we're talking How exciting. About it. Yeah, that should very be good. Excited about that. By the way, you're speaking with Erica Clash, who's who's uh, formerly of New York. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, that's why I'm like jumping on you because I know Aja and I know Bob and I know Mitch and I've performed at the Monster Bar, so I'm like, yay. New York people. It's, a, it's her oh, ho- home that. turf. I can't yeah. wait for people to hear the song. It's, it's, it's sick. It's we, crazy. But we're going to play one of your songs here as an exclusive. Let's Before we do that, let's go around, and I want you to, uh, I want my other guests to introduce uh, themselves to you. I'm Christina, Miss Ladybug Gilmore. Colette Legrand. Hi. Hi. Yes, uh, local uh, luminaries, uh, um, performance illusionists here in San Francisco. I don't know if you've met any of them before, but maybe you will next time you're here. Yeah, I, I would love to come to San Francisco and, and meet all you guys in person. That would be wonderful. I love San Francisco. It's been like that city that one day, some way, somehow I'm going to live there. <laughs> where, where is your hometown, by the way? I'm, I'm curious. Seattle. I, I've been in Seattle for the past eight years. Um, I travel a lot, so San Francisco is definitely one of those places that I visit often. Uh, but I'm, my home base is in Seattle. Seattle's nice. I like Seattle. I've got to get up there. Uh, Swishcraft record labels. Uh, Matt Consola moved up there. Uh, yeah, come by. Visit. So I want to get in right into it, uh, uh, Victor. Victor, well, you go by your professional name is Velo, but your boy name is Victor Cruz. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Velo, um, tell me the inspiration behind your new release, Big Dick Daddy. Well, <laughs> isn't it obvious? But it may not be. Erica. <laughs> it may not be. <laughs> Stop hogging his time. <laughs> Let oh him God. explain. <laughs> <laughs> I was working on the album. Sex, Money, Power, and I, you know, I'm so inspired by Caswell. Caswell's one of those people ah. that, like, a long time ago I saw, and I was like, wow, you know, like, I love what he's doing. I love, I love his music, his videos, are very visual, and um, sort of Big Dick Daddy is sort of like 
something that I felt like was inspired by Caswell. Uh, you know, I'm definitely like doing like some rapping in there, and I just wanted to be silly and free and and talk about you know just sort of like silly stuff. And Big Dick Daddy was sort of like the direction I went, and uh, I'm really excited for the video. The video is going to come out in a couple of weeks here, and. Uh, I have Aja. Aja from season nine is going to be in, featured in the video. We have Fifi O'Hara from Drag Race is in it too, um, as well as a couple of Andrew Christian models, Pablo Hernandez, Uriel Ramirez, and uh, a model named Strong Jaws. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's from Canada, um, and we're just like ready to like give you like a sexy, dirty, gritty hip hop like almost porn-esque video and i can't wait for everyone to see it well do send the link this way <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> that would go over very well here in san francisco <laughs> <laughs> well we hope so i would think so would that be available on itunes in all uh, major distribution sites pretty soon yeah it's a, it's actually on itunes now uh the original version is on my uh, is on itunes now under my album sex money power uh, i am releasing a a remix album that will have uh two remixes of it on it as well as uh my first spanish single called me arrepiento hmm. and it'll be all on there but what does that what does that mean victor we'll have the video on itunes right now oh okay so folks listening to us go um support our local talent uh velo um you have a website too don't you uh, i'm currently working on a website but i do have a fan page uh it's uh random velo on facebook um and then of course i have instagram and uh twitter which is velo's music um you can definitely find my stuff there uh, while the website is under construction. There's a lot that goes into a website. I hate that, but, um, <laughs> but we're currently working on it right now. <laughs> oh, God. I know. I've, I haven't visited my own website in, like, months. I've got to get on there. <laughs> it's like... Um, uh, let me... Um, websites for dummies. You know? Yes, like exactly. Easy one, two, three. Press the button and it's made for you. Let's, uh, let's do our own exclusive now by playing um, a little bit of Big Dick Daddy uh, by Velo. Uh, uh, so here it goes. Don't go anywhere. We're just going to play a little bit, Velo. Uh, once Thank again, you. Big Dick Daddy. Coming, coming at you. Velo Production. What are you so scared of? Big Dick Daddy. Don't let it go to waste. Big Dick Daddy. Every job. Big Dick Daddy. Don't you 
I do. All right. <laughs> I think you speak for all of us. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's um very catchy. I, I, I like that. Like that. Do you? Like, really yeah. Um, I like the um, uh, juxtaposition between like um, I don't know, like gay porn and hip hop. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, a lot of hip hop in there. Okay. Now, did you write that song? Um, Velo? I did. Yes, oh, absolutely. Okay. You know, I've, been, I've been writing... Um, Based on personal experiences? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I, I just drew from the little black book and started writing some lyrics there. <laughs> Who doesn't love a big, big daddy? Who right? doesn't love a oh, yes, big daddy? Right. Yeah. It's such a nice hook. I, I like it the is. hook of big, dick daddy. Oh, my goodness. And the harmonies. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm, you know, it's one of those songs that I got super excited about um it's so silly you know it doesn't take itself seriously but it still has like those uh musical sort of elements to it you know it's not just it's a silly song but i try to really make it like a song you know what i mean like it's still a good production yes yeah totally yeah thank you i appreciate it yes (laughs) (laughs) so tell folks again where they can go out and grab that big dick daddy tune so Big Dick Daddy is available on iTunes, Spotify, all where everywhere music is sold, and it's on my Sex Money Power album, okay. and uh, you can just look up Big Dick Daddy, but you will soon be able to find a couple of remixes for it on Sex Money Power, the remix album that will be dropping in early July. Um, so hopefully you guys like it. I don't have a date for the video just yet, um, but I am filming the rest of it on Monday with strong jaws when he comes down from Canada. So expect it to hit the net in a couple of weeks, and I really hope you guys love this sexy, crazy, hip-hop, gaylicious video that I'm making for you guys. <laughs> I, I'm sure we will. We'll, we'll talk again when it's out and you know, you're performing and, and this, that, and the other. We'll have you back, okay? Thank you so much, Pika, and nice meeting everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. Let's have a nice Good round luck. of applause for Velo. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have more guests coming in to our room. Uh, uh, we have Aaron Isaac Joshua, also known as uh, Te- Miss Texas Crawford. No, not Texas Crawford. That's Jimmy Strano. Oh, my God. 
Hollywood, Texas. Welcome. Why don't you grab a chair, honey? And while we're doing that, uh, Erica, Christina, and Colette, we're going to call Los Angeles and talk to the lead singer of Will to Power. Now, Will to Power had six number ones in their career. One of them was that remake that you probably have all heard of. It actually went to number one on the pop chart, Billboard pop chart. Uh, It was the uh, remake of that Peter Frampton song. Um, Ooh, baby, I love your way. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to hear all about the details. He's LA, Mm -hmm. Miss President. I sure miss LA. Do you? Why do you miss it? Because I'm from there. I was born and raised. That's my old stomping ground. I didn't know that. Yes. I grew up there. Me, my mom, my brother. And, you know, I just miss it miss it there so much. But we had to leave due to uh, circumstances because the, the Earth, area. Earthquakes. Huh? Earthquakes. Well, no. Uh, the area we was living in was getting bad. Really, really bad. It almost cost us our lives. Oh, girl. Yes. Okay. We could have been hurt or killed. <clears throat> Yeah, that's why we had to leave. L.A. was rough in those days. That's right. We we left 1979. We moved mm-hmm. up here, and it was a relief to move out here in the in the Bay Area. And um, so, you know, but but I still miss L.A. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going back out there because I got some friends that lives out there. I got some queens that lives out there. I yes. Like you. Okay. Well, let's keep the suspense going on your story there. Okay. Uh, we're going to now resegue back into trying to get the lead singer from Will the Power okay. on the line before she okay. gives us gives up on us. While we're getting her on the line, let's have uh, you know let's refamiliarize ourselves with their biggest hit, their number one on um, um, Billboard top right, right top hundred. Baby, I love your way by Will the Power. All right. Here goes. I remember this
All right, we're going to fade that out on the male part, unfortunately, because uh, we're talking to the lead female singer of the group, Will to Power, right now. She's live from Los Angeles, the one and only Miss Susie Carr. Can you hear, hear us? DJ Tweeka, I hear you well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you so much for finding the time to be with us today on House of Pride Radio. We are in heaven. We love your music. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so flattered. Thank you. You're welcome. We have also, besides myself, um, let's go around and introduce ourselves, folks. We have a full house of um, local luminaries here. Go ahead. Uh, Erica Class, drag queen. Colette Legrand, drag queen. <laughs> Christina, Miss Ladybug Gilmore, drag queen. They're all, we have the, a room full of queens, Susie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So we were just playing uh, a little bit of Baby I Love Your Way, the remake of Peter Frampton classic that you guys took all the way to number one back in the day. And I was just telling my friends here that um, back in the day, I was DJing in New Rochelle, New York and East Hampton, Long Island for a mobile disc jockey service. And I was totally playing that song when people were slow dancing. <laughs> Fantastic. And I still hear that New York accent. I love it. That's yes. Awesome. So that song, you know, went to number one um, on Billboard Hot 100, which is an enormous task. What was your mindset around that time? Were you just like riding on cloud nine? Yes, it was uh, magical. Um, we did a video in August in New York, as you know, probably, uh, on Jones Beach, actually. And uh, so I, it... it actually became number one the second week of December and it ended up being the most played song of 89. Um, I did. I had no idea it would take off and be so big. It kind of snowballed and I remember the radio uh, the, the record company would call me every day and have me call a different radio station and thank them for adding the record and it was, it was a magical time and um, that was our first video it's the first time I'd ever done a video actually we only had two and that was the first one so just to do the video alone was incredibly exciting and fun, and it was in a hot, you know, it was on a hot August day, and mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was, you know, we lived in Miami, so for us to come up to New York to shoot the video was kind of exciting, and you know, the whole thing was magical. And then I remember that Christmas, I went home for Christmas, we had Susie Car Day in my hometown. I'm from, as you can hear, I'm from the South, I'm from the small I do hear, I do hear your Southern accent, I love it. Yes. <laughs> And I love your New York accent. Aww. I love my New York. But I grew up in uh, the most southern part of West Virginia in a little town called Princeton, and there were only 4,000 people in my hometown. So everyone in the town knew me, and I knew everybody, and they were so proud that this song, you know, had gone to number one. Nobody in our town had ever had a record out before. So I remember flying in. They had, like, a little jump, pedal jumper, is that what they call it? I had to fly into Charlotte, North Carolina, and then fly on a little tiny plane into our airport in our hometown. And the mm -hmm. whole town came out to the airport to greet me. It was Susie Car Day. And I remember I had on a full-length white meat coat, because I love white and I love fur. And I had on a beautiful cream, um, like a, a, a mid-cap skirt, real tight, with a, a beautiful top. and. I remember they presented me with roses, and there was a big banner, and they gave me the key to the city, and we went down to the high school, and I interviewed all afternoon and signed autographs, and it was a magical time. It's Susie Car Day, I will never forget. That, that, that was probably the highlight. They showed you some love down there in your hometown. 
Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And I have it all on video, and I know I'll be pulling it out someday in, in about 10 years and thinking, damn, I look good. Now it is like, you think you look like shit, and oh, excuse me, I can't say that. You think you look terrible, and then 10 years later, or 20 years, or 30 years later, you look back and say, God, I had the best body, and I didn't even know it. I thought I was fat all that time. Did, yeah. they, did they erect a statue for you as well? No, they did not. They need the key to the city. The keys to the city. I'll, that's hey, that work. So that was. Um, it's interesting because the genre of that remake, which went to number one, you know, it was very pop for the time. It had the the right sound at that time. But I feel like your roots were in what you're celebrating now is more freestyle music. For example, dreaming, the juxtaposition between the two. Can you tell us about that story of how you evolved? Um, I don't even know. Dreaming <laughs> was, you know, dreaming was the first one, and um, that was that just took off out of nowhere. It was like an overnight sensation. It was number one in Miami for thirteen weeks in a row. I remember driving down the street in Miami and stopped at a stoplight. Uh, in the middle of it, like in the spring and summer, and the car next to me would be vibrating my car because they would have their stereo turned up so loud, uh, bumping, dreaming. And I, I just, it was amazing. It was everywhere. Like you stop at a light, and the person next to you would be blasting it from the car. And I remember one night we went into a 7 Eleven about three in the morning to get something to drink, like give water or something. And the guy who was stacking the refrigerator behind, the shelving, like you couldn't see him, you could just see that he was putting like bottles up on the shelf. He was singing Dreaming. I mean, he was singing it off the cell by himself. Oh my God! Did you start like harmonizing with him for fun? <laughs> yes, it was. It was the coolest thing. It was wonderful. And uh, so anyway, Dreaming, you know, as you know, was a huge dance hit. And then Fast and Rain came out after that, and that was kind of like a segue between Dreaming and Baby I Love Your Way. But Baby I Love Your Way was. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we ended up doing a ballad, but I'm really glad we did. Because, as you know, the freestyle audience, everybody loves dreaming and the dance records. But the pop audience, like normal people across the country, they only know "Baby, I Love You" way. You know, they've never heard dreaming. Or I know it's like two baby. distinct styles you have going on yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and what's also interesting is I was reading a bit, little bit about your bio, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it says that you were, uh, you know, you're songwriting in your own right, and you, you've co-written for a Miami Sound Machine. Yes, I wrote two songs on Gloria's uh, on that first album, uh, Body to Body and Surrender Paradise. Yeah. Well, I have been trying to make it to singer for 13 years before dreaming that. So where are you coming from? Did you study Did you study music in college? Or, or like, what's your story? psychology from West Virginia University. I grew up in a very musical family, and uh, everyone started piano at the age of seven, and I was the fourth of five kids, three, uh, two older cousins, one older brother, and a younger cousin. So it was essentially like one big family, my dad and his brother. They were very close, so we kind of all grew up together. All the kids started piano at the age of seven. My brother was a genius. By the time I started, he was already like... Uh, my brother plays exactly like Liberace. I mean, if you closed your eyes, you wouldn't be able to tell my brother apart from Liberace. He's that good. And he was that good at a really young age, so I was terrible. 
So my dad let me quit because he said I would pick up another instrument. My father had didn't like piano either, and he quit and, play, and picked up saxophone. He was a wonderful saxophone player. So the only reason he let me quit is because he said I would pick up another instrument. Well, I picked up trumpet, and the fifth grade, I was terrible at that, too. So I think because everybody in my family was so musically gifted, and I wasn't, I couldn't play anything, I really... Um, I really did everything in my power to become the best singer I could possibly be because I thought, you know, it, it was I, honestly, if I could have played piano well, I probably wouldn't be, have been a great singer because I gave it all I got. You know, I studied all the time. I studied all the greats, all the jazz greats. I wanted to be one of the greatest jazz singers in the world. That was my bar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I had a very high bar. So um, I studied, and, and like I said, it took me 13 years before I even heard my voice on the radio, and I was actually a very accomplished singer by the time Wilt Power came out. But, you know, I, I had these amazing demos, like $100,000 worth of demos, and nobody would sign them. Everybody wanted the flavor of the week. You know, I had very sophisticated songs, and everybody wanted the flavor of the week, like Dreamin' or, you know, whatever was happening at the time. So um, that was my story. And, and the way I started singing, my brother would come over to the Kyo house and play piano for all of us. And uh, we would all sit around and sing. So the girls at the Kyo house knew I could sing. And by the way, one of my Kyo sisters, who was one of my roommates, is Lady Gaga's mom. Is who? What did you say? One of my roommates at the Kyo house is Lady Gaga's mother. Oh, Lady Gaga's mother. Yeah. That's cool. So anyway, my brother would come over and play piano. We would sing, so my sorority knew I could sing, so they made me be in the Miss West Virginia pageant, and that's how I started singing professionally, because uh, there was a man at the pageant who saw me sing, and his son had a band, and they needed a singer, so he called the sorority house and asked me if I was singing with the band, and that's how I got started singing. Oh, yes, and then how... How did you cross paths? <laughs> that and yeah, folks, there you have it in a nutshell. Uh, how did you cross paths with uh, Gloria Stefan then in Miami Sound Machine? Oh, um, I have recorded Body to Body for myself. I had written it with uh, her producers and her writers. Joe Galdo and Larry Dermer were her main producers and writers, and uh, they actually Larry Dermer played on Dreaming, but. Actually, I got him, to, I introduced him to Bob when we started doing Dreaming. However, um, I was friends with him, and I wrote Body to Body with him for me to get uh-huh. a solo deal, trying to, you know, out, out of my, that was one of my $100,000 songs. So um, when I, they played, they, I finished it, we did, I did all the vocals on it, it came out great. They played it for Gloria, and she liked it and wanted to record it. So they just left all my vocals on there. Those are all my background vocals and everything on there. And then they called me one day and asked me, um, after, you know, we had already done Body to Body, and they said, we have a track we want you to write to it. Can you come pick it up? I said, right now. So I drove down to Miami. I lived in Fort Lauderdale. I drove to Miami. I picked up a cassette of the song, and by the time, by the time I got home, I had it completely written, and it's called Surrender Paradise. And it's beautiful. And um, Eric Schilling was the engineer. He's probably one of the best engineers in the world. He does the Grammys every year. He does the Super Bowl every year. Uh, he was so great that Simon Cowell flew him out to California from Miami to do um, that, you know, Simon Cowell show, uh, the, the It Factor. Mm-hmm. 
and he does One Direction and everybody. He's huge. He's like a huge Grammy award-winning engineer. Well, he engineered all of our stuff in the Miami Sound Machine music. This is before Will to Power was out. So he kept, he wanted Glory to sing at this particular, and she copied exactly what I did on the record. It was amazing, because I could never copy anyone like that. I have such a distinct voice, I can never sound like anyone else. She had, it sounded exactly like I had sung it. I was so flattered that she could like copy it to a T. There was one line she couldn't get and the engineer loved the way I sang it. He liked the vibe on it. And so he ended up leaving my voice on the record. There's one line and that's the only line in it and he just left it in there. So you think it's her, but it's actually me singing the line. But I didn't know until about uh, four or five years later he told me. I had no idea that I was... Wait, wait you, you, I, I missed that. What was the line? Say it again. Um, there was a line that she couldn't get the way he wanted. He liked the way I did it. Yeah. So he left my... Left oh, my he left voice. your styling in it. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. He I love that. My, he left that one line of <laughs> me. And never put, you know, never put her back in, and he just left me on that one line. Well, I sure hope you got but some name credit on that release. <laughs> Do what? You got some name credit for that on the release, right? Yeah, I got background vocal credit and writer's credit. So yeah, I mean, writer's I mean, credit is great. I love it. Um, hey, yeah, um, so I wrote one mm -hmm. song on the on the Power record. I only have one song on that. Um, Show Me The Way, which I think is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the producer who produced that went on to be huge. Shakira, Katy Perry, he's produced like tons of people. The person that uh, produced that produced my song that I wrote on the World of Power album, Show Me The Way. I love that you are talented not only in vocals but songwriting as well. So it's like a well, double dose, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what I'd like to do right now, uh, Susie, if it's okay, is uh, play for our listening audience a little bit of one of your freestyle classics, Dreaming, and then let's talk about what your <laughs> the tours that you've recently been on, okay? Okay. Okay, so don't go anywhere. Well, I'm just going to play a little bit of Dreaming by Will to Power.
right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear the rest of that song, you're going to have to see Susie live in concert or download it from iTunes, which I just did, available at all major distributions, Dreaming by Will to Power. See so what's still with us, Susie? <laughs> Yes, DJ. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, my um, my other guest here sitting with me in the control room has a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind. Sure. All right, Lee, bring them on. Who wants to go first? Hi. Um, so I'm a huge fan of the style of music that Will to Power was doing. Um, and I was just curious um, if there are any uh, artists that are on the charts now that you particularly like or or dislike, or you know, what what, you, what your general feeling is on like what's on the charts right now. Oh God! <laughs> she put uh, you on the spot. <laughs> I like rap. I like you know what? I don't have a clue what they're talking about with rap, but I just love the beat. I love the chord changes. Um, Andrea, Adriana Grande has a great voice, and mm-hmm. I don't know who do you like. I like everybody. I that like was a good one. Uh, Ariana Grande. Yep, I like her catchy pop it's tunes too. Great, great voice. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, her voice, I think her voice is better than her songs. And I feel the same way about Beyonce. I love Beyonce, but I think her voice is actually better than her songs. But um, yeah, I like all of them. All right. Uh, did that answer your question? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, anybody who else? Who like? Oh, she wants to know who, who you like. like? Oh yeah, I'd, I'd second uh, Ariana. I'm, I'm of course a huge Lady Gaga fan, um, and I'm still holding out oh, hope I that like one day Lady Gaga and Madonna will do a song together because Madonna's one of my favorites yeah, also. I like Lady Gaga too. Did you hear that her mother was my roommate in college? Did yeah, yeah. I was like giggling when when I heard that. Do you uh, do you stay in touch with the mom? Oh yeah, um, we t- we text a lot and. She's going to be in Fort Lauderdale for, I might fly down this year at the Lady Gaga concert in Fort Lauderdale, and then she had me come to two concerts out here, which were fabulous. And yeah, she's awesome. She lives in New York. She she graduated from WVU, and she moved to New York to become a Broadway star, and the next thing I knew, I went to visit her, and I was holding this little tiny four-month-old baby that was really scrawny and little, and I'm looking at my best friend from college and I'm thinking God you look awful you're never going to be a famous Broadway star now you've got this baby and that was Lady Gaga <laughs> well you know second generation star I'm all right she'll take that yeah uh, we have one more question coming your way uh, Susie well it's not really a question but I remember back when uh dreaming no that other one the one we just played. Love Your Way. Anyway. When that came out, uh-huh. my husband and I used to dance because then it was a very popular song here in San Francisco back in the day. Yeah. We used to dance to that. It was fabulous. Thank you for doing it. Wonderful. You know, we used to do a club in San Francisco a lot. Uh, uh, City Light. Do you remember that club in San Francisco? It was a huge, huge room. City, oh, yes. No, City Lights. Just, yes. Yeah, you were around, Carl. I was around, City yeah. Light. It's not here anymore, unfortunately. But. Paulette was around in summer of 67. <laughs> I beg your pardon. How dare you? It's true. I was. But. Uh, well, that's nice. Isn't it great the way your your art, you know, your music and what you put into it resonates to this day and, and it, how many people it, it, it's touched in their lives in a personal manner? Yes. And I, I got to tell you, I'm amazed when I do these concerts because there's so many young kids. There's so many kids in their 20s and... Uh, especially out here in, in California, you know, we have a huge, as you know, we have a huge Latin audience. 
And cool. um, all my little Latin friends will go, oh my God, do you have a of willpower? And they know all those songs. They're like in their 20s. And I said, yeah, but how on earth do you know it? And it's like a whole new thing, you know, that these kids are into. And their parents, they know it from their parents. And then they all have it on their, you know, on, on their phones and stuff. They have all of the freestyle music. And a lot of them don't know the names of the artists, but they know all the songs. And that really makes me. But the, the, the freestyle audience is the best audience I have ever seen. I mean, they're just crazy. They're so much fun. They know every word to every song. They scream through the entire show. I just love them. We've, been, we've had some wonderful shows this summer. Yes, yeah, so you're just coming off of a three-month like touring freestyle party. You know, well, not three months, but uh, we had three huge shows out here in California in May, and they were wonderful. Uh, Lisa Lisa, Stevie B, Johnny O, Cynthia, Company B, Pretty Poison, Stacey Q, Two Live Crew, Evelyn Champagne King. Mm. I mean, it, there were some fabulous uh, artists on the on the roster, and we had a blast. And I just love everyone I work with. It's just so heartwarming to love the people that you're, you know, get to see for that particular show and hanging out, and it's really fun. I, I really. I'm, so blessed and so thankful that I still get to sing. Uh, I, there are no words to express how much it means to me. And, and I have to say, of all the wonderful things I've done in my life, and I've had a, I've had a wonderful life, and I'm happy every day in my life. I think mean, it's my greatest gift is that I'm a happy person. But I have to say, the thing that brings me the most joy, uh, two things, being in love and being with my lover, and being on stage and performing, it just brings me great joy. I can't even describe it. It kind of feels like when you're madly in love. It's sort of that feeling. It's always been like that for me since I was in yeah. college and I started to Well, these ladies know they perform every weekend on a yeah. smaller stage, perhaps, oh, yeah. but still. You, don't you guys love it still? I still do. Yeah. I still do myself. Mm-hmm. I'll quit when I don't like yes. it anymore. I'm sorry, we're having a yes. drag queen moment. Hold, hold on, Susie. We're coming back. We're coming back. Okay. Wait, we're, we're back. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is next? Oh, before I ask that question, I want to ask you. Out of all, now you've had six number ones, a uh, combination of pop chart and dance charts with as the group Will the Power. What is, uh, what is your favorite Will the Power tune? What for you personally? Are you there? Yeah, can you not hear me? Yeah, uh, we didn't hear you for a second, but you're back. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, what's my favorite Will the Power song? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, on a personal level. like What, what song do you find you like the most out of all of your songs? Uh, I think I got to sing the most on, like, Say It's Glory and Fading Away and Baby, I Love You Way. That's where I really got to you know, I got to see, because well, I'm a singer, singer. I'm not a dancer. I'm a singer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm, so for me, the vocals are really important. Um, you, by the way, that the way you, your phrasing and the way you caressed the, the lyrics on Baby I Love You Way, that, you know, is one of the reasons why I went to number one, yeah, for sure. Oh, thank you. Oh, that makes yeah. me feel so I mean, you really turned it out. Did you, did you? Did you really like practice a lot to get that right, or were you? I mean, did no. you? No. <laughs> uh, oh my God, that story is a whole nother, a whole nother interview. Let's save that you for know, our next interview. Nice, That's fascinating to me. 
the night I went in to lay the vocals for Baby and Love Your Way, I went out into the vocal booth, and I was so excited because I had practiced, and you know, I knew exactly what I was going to do. And I went in there, and it was uh, it was when Anita Baker was really big. It was back during that, um, caught up in the rapture of love, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went in there, and I sang my ass off. I'm sorry, but I sang my ass off. It was probably the best vocal I've ever done. I was so proud of it. So I walk into the to the engineering booth, and I was like so excited. I couldn't wait to hear it back. And the producer goes, uh, we're not using that. You sound like Anita Baker. Get out there and do it again. This is how you're going to do it. And I started crying. And I cried through the entire time I was singing that song. I cried through the whole thing. The only thing I really loved that I did that I made up is uh, the very part of it on, on the phrases going into the chorus part. Mm-hmm. I love your way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. little wailing. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I, I never got to hear my Anita Baker. I, it, it wasn't Anita Baker. It was me. I can't sound like anybody. But I never got to hear that soulful take that I did. And uh, I never will. But it's probably the best puzzle I had ever done. But it's, you know, in the trash. But, um, I mean, it's always fascinating how, like, it, it definitely takes, you know, a group of artists to come to the table and make something wonderful happen, you know. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it's funny, you'll think it's like, this This is the way, and then when other artists come together and, and then you guys work together, and, and, and you know, it's it's not necessarily the case. But in the end result is always like, you know, something better that it would have been, I think, in my experience. Yeah, and I'm sure if I listen back to my original version of it, I would just pick it apart and hate it. But um, it turned out great. The video was great. People loved it. You could sing along with it. But yet, you could tell a real singer was singing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was not as sophisticated as I would have done it because when I do vocals, nobody can sing along with me because it's you know it's, it's they're difficult vocals and you have to really be a singer to be able to sing along with me. You know what I mean? But this was this brought it way down. Uh, the way I, the way baby I love your came love your way came out brought it way down so a normal person could see along with it but yet you could tell that a real singer was singing it you know so I was happy with it and uh, like I said it, it, it was good that it turned out that way because I think it appealed to a lot more people being as simple as it was vocally um, because I, I would not have done it that simple I would have done it a lot more acrobatics in it you know what I mean a lot more Mariah Carey-ish if you will but um, yeah it turned out great and, and I'm really thankful for it I mean I still get excited when I hear it on the radio I'll be in the grocery store and it'll come on and a total stranger will walk by and I'll say that's me on the radio and they'll look at me like yeah right <laughs> you know, they, they, they think I'm totally lying but you gotta share it with somebody you know but yeah, it was the most exciting part of my life. It was very painful, too, but it was also really exciting. It was the highest high and the lowest low. I'll leave it oh, out of the trip. Well, listen, um, since we have to go, our show is going to segue over to the, the next group coming in. But um, let's think of this interview and conversation as part one of maybe a series as you're, we you know, get to see how your career develops in the upcoming months and, and so that forth. Oh, I gotta plug something. I did. Uh, I do I have time to plug something really quickly? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. I recorded five songs with uh, probably one of the greatest piano players in the world, Randy Waldman, 
He is the music director for George Benson, Barbara Streisand. He worked on Whitney Houston. Uh, he he worked with Beyonce. He's done everybody from Barbara, Michael Jackson to Beyonce. He's the one of the greatest producers, keyboard players in the world. He's way out of my league. I've been friends with him for 30 years. I met him before Wilson Power, so we remained friends. He's the only person I knew when I moved to L.A., and he's out here with me. He just did five songs on me, and they're my dream songs. I just did remakes of uh, Superstar, a Songs for You, Raise Me Up. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I did um, You Raise Me Up Into a Bridge Over Troubled Water And Over the Rainbow It's beautiful He also did Baby I Love Your Way for me But anyway They're all on iTunes They're on YouTube They're on iTunes So if anybody wants to go listen to that It's, it's for me my legacy And it's my It's the thing I'm most proud of That I've done in my life Is it under Susie Carr? Yeah it's under Susie Carr S-U-Z-I-C-A-R-R and I invite people to come follow me on Facebook, too. <clears throat> it's great being with you. And, and uh, thank you so much, DJ Tweaker, for having me on. You're wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for being a part of our show, House of Pride Radio, today. Let's have a nice round of applause for Susie Carr. Thank you. Thank you, Susie. Yeah. We'll be calling you again, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's Bye. so nice. Well, listen, why don't we go out with listening to the whole classic Baby I Love Your Way and you really reminisce of how and what went into that beautiful uh, melodic tune that they took all the way to number one. So we'll be right back, close out our show. Um, goodbye, Susie. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. House of Pride Radio. That was a fabulous interview with Susie Carr. If you want to get more familiar with her music like I did, I, I just downloaded two of her songs, Dreamin' and Baby, I Love Your Way. They're all available right there, neatly packaged on iTunes, but I'm sure they're on Amazon too, Christina and all those other distribution sites. I guess so. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we've got to get into it now. One of the hottest and funnest uh shows uh, Wednesday night tonight in the Castro right in the Castro uh, and here to talk about that it's called Mojo but here to talk about it is one of the producers herself Miss um, Hollywood, Hollywood Texas, Texas. 
Let's have a nice round of applause. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I almost called you your boy name, but you're already in, in thank you, costume. <laughs> I appreciate that, Tweeka. All right, let's, let's do it. All right. Hi, um, honey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me back. It's been a pretty minute, but we're so happy to have you back on House Pride Radio. So it's Pride Month. It is indeed. Super proud every day, every month. What are you guys bringing to Mojo for Pride Month? Um, hopefully lots of fun queers that want to <laughs> shake their butts to some soul music. <laughs> because, yeah, tell us what Mojo is all about. Uh, mojo is about my own personal mojo, um, which comes from soul music, actually. Um, soul music is very special to me. I grew up, it was in every film, you know what I mean? Growing up as a kid, it's the soundtrack to most popular films. My family was into soul music, and it's the foundation of rock and roll, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm super into rock and roll, so um, I wanted to show people how much fun that is. Um, I have a boss. It's actually the only thing I can dance to, I found out. I can't dance to modern dance music, in yeah, fact. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Some people just... Not the right vibration, maybe. All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it's right there in the Castro. It is, yeah. Um, four, five, six, Castro Street, Q-Bar. Q-Bar, one of the f- most popular venues in the Castro. So, folks, you're looking for something to do, a little twist on your night out. Go to Mojo Tonight or any other Wednesday uh, for some Get Your Soul On. Mojo is a, a combination of, I would say, some uh, older retro soul mixed in with new soulful music yeah, and we some like Motown. Yeah, we different. We put some Motown in there. We put some 80s in there, some 70s funk in there, some disco in there. Um, and then you grace our listening, our dances with your performance as well. Yes. Um, I like to perform for everybody and um, feel out those vibes and get everybody moving a little bit. So I'm there shaking my ass all night, whether um, anybody's there or not, to be honest. But... The more people that are there, the better. The more people I get to dance with and perform for. Who is your DJ tonight? Today we have Sergio, I believe. Sergio Fadez and Sip Cipriano, our resident DJ and co-creator promoter. Shout out to Sip. What? Yes. Uh, yeah, Sip. 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 Mabu. Sip Soprano. Sip Cipriano, that's right. Cipriano. Wonderful guy. Friend of mine for a long time. We share a love of music. And um, this is how we vibrate together. It's just me and him have this connection on the dance floor where he knows exactly what I want to hear. I am in pain by the end of the night because I can't stop moving. So there's also a really cute photo opportunity. Oh, I love that photo booth in the back. We have a selfie booth every Wednesday. You get to pop inside a perfectly lit booth. Take your Snapchats and your filters and your hashtags and your whatnots back there. It's super fun. I'll have to paint a face and just come and have a good time. Yes, exactly. It's you good, guys it's should good come. for a profile yeah. pic update. It's just perfectly lit. It's a new yeah, background sure. every time. I like that kind of music. I you guys have had me DJ and it's a blast. Yes, there. we love having Tweeka. She you throws should, a good party. Did you ever think about having more queens come to perform a number or two? Or? Yeah, I've had a few so far. Um, I share very personal connections with people in a certain way, I feel. And sometimes they just pop up in my head. And um, I performed with the lovely Bianca Simone already, oh, okay. who I was very honored to share 
a performance and a vibration with. And um, Queen was another queen that I performed with, who I don't know if you know who she is, but she's outrageous every moment, and I love her for it. You should invite me to perform one day. Well, you got to come shake it with me. <laughs> she does a good... Um, I've had you... I did a Motown show a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, what did you do? You did Ain't No Mountain High Enough or something? Did no, you do I that think one? Uh, 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 Upside Down. Oh, okay, upside down. yeah. Ooh. I did that one. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I love a good duet. Um, whether it's... What do you, can you give us an exclusive... What are you doing tonight for your number? I actually have no idea, to be oh. honest. I actually prefer to kind of feel out who's in the room mm-hmm. and kind of honestly judge them just a little bit based on what I would like to provide for them. So it's very kind of personal for me, honestly. Um, the songs I perform, I believe, are influenced by who's there. That's good. All right. You heard it here. Now, folks, one of the best parts about Mojo Wednesdays is there's no cover. No cover, that's right. And the bartenders are awfully friendly and uh, easy on the eye. (laughs) Cute bartenders, cheap booze, no cover, photo ops. Just come on down there and get your groove on. Live performance time. um, Live performance (laughs) in Hollywood, Texas. And guests. Yes. Yes, all the queers, all the vibes, all the love, all the soul. I'm going to have to stop by there. That's how we get down. Come on by. Please do. Seriously. Next time I do. I'm there from 9 till 2 in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. All night. I come. I have gotten drunk in the Castro. Well, come on <laughs> down, honey. Um, I actually I couldn't the um, hear the previous caller too well. I couldn't hear the phone call, the conversation. Mm-hmm. Because you were um, outside smoking a pot. That and <laughs> I just can't hear too well. But I did hear a southern drawl. Did she say where she's from? Yeah, New Orleans, West, West Virginia. West, oh, West Virginia. Okay. Oh God, I'm, I'm New Orleans. That's so. honestly all I was listening to. It was just this she wonderful had a southern nice drawl. Nice voice. Yes. Yeah. But um, that was Susie. We were speaking of Susie Carr, who's from that group, Will the Power, late '80s, '90s groups. They had six number ones. Yeah, maybe we'll play some Will Power tonight, y'all. I don't know if they were soulful. Maybe. Well, they were it's got free, a funky beat. Freestyle music, which is a whole movement in itself. Yeah. But uh, uh, that being said, again, yeah. go to... Oh, oh tell us about the um, Mojo page. Where can folks learn more about it? Um, I like to keep Mojo on Instagram. So get all the hashtags out for Mojo Selfies, Mojo, um, Soul Music, Queer Vibes, Soul Love... Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, yeah. Every Wednesday. Yeah. We'll remember that. Out. Calm down. All right. Well, thank you for Next coming Wednesday. on by. And uh, let, let's, uh, we're going to go, we're going to close out the show. We got to go around the room again, like we always do in House of Pride Radio. But let's, why don't we tell every listening audience, uh, you guys, what you are doing for the Pride Month? San Francisco Pride is June 25th, Sunday. I'll be marching with the dykes. On the bikes? Um, I, actually, <laughs> I actually don't know what I'm doing for Pride yet. I was hoping, kind of hoping to get recommendations. Maybe I'll pick your brain. Um, but the night before, I'm going to be in San Jose doing Woo Woo Monroe's show okay. at Renegades. So Erica Clash is available, ladies and gentlemen, for a performance maybe at Fairy Freedom Village. Maybe. You know, I, I think the best way to do Pride for me personally is to like just be in drag and have fun. So show maybe I'll up. just end up doing that. Yeah. Or I'll just end up sitting at home sucking something. Yeah. Uh-oh. Either way, oh. you're just being you. Either way, it's going to be fun. Yes. <laughs> okay. Carlette. Oh, boy. Well, I'm writing again. I had 
last year the Institute on Aging, in which I do a lot of fundraisers for, invited me to ride on their floats. So they invited me again this year. So I'm doing that. <laughs> what was their float last year? I don't remember what they did. <laughs> I had a good time. I don't. It was long. I remember because we were dead last. I wonder what it'll be. This that's interesting. So it's the Institute for Aging. Institute on Aging, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? What would be a good float? Anybody? Anything come to you guys' minds? Though? Well, it was very disco-y. I don't know. That's all I remember. Oh yeah, Christina, what are you doing? Well, uh, during Pride Week, uh, well, first Wednesday, next Wednesday, I'll be at the White Horse mm -hmm. for the Rebel King show. Okay. Then on Friday, the twenty-third, I will be at the Cal Prep in Oakland, not too far from my house. I live off of uh, Myrtle Street. Uh, Cal Prep is on Adeline. Oh, yeah. What's your street address? Huh? Don't give her that. What would you say? <laughs> now, anyways, I'll be at... <laughs> you see your trip. I'll be at the Cal Prep performing. I was invited to perform, and I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. is That's your, what I'll be doing for How's Friday. your car? Do you have a car now? I still have the car now. Right. Now, however, unfortunately, I'm having trouble with the engine now. The engine's giving you a hard time? Yeah, the mm. engine is giving me a lot of hard time, and I got to uh, take it to the shopping and see what's, what's going on, you know. Yeah. It concern, it's concerning me. Did you but, drive into the city tonight? No. I, I, I not, Well, number one, I, I didn't want to drive, and number two, I don't have enough gas oh. to, uh, <laughs> okay? <laughs> But it's real life, that, it still runs and all. All right, but, everyone, dig into your wallets. We have to. <laughs> she, yeah, she needs yeah, some gas you know. All right. <laughs> but uh, other than that, it, it, it drives. But the, 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 it's the engine. That I'm having some problems. All right, and then on Pride weekend. Pride that, weekend. Well, of course, I perform. I will perform at the Cal Prep. Oh. Uh, that Friday, Friday evening, and the rest of the day is probably. Are you coming here on Sunday for the parade or anything? I might. I have to see how things go first. All right. Let me see how things go. Yeah, it's crazy here now, isn't it? The, how big it's gotten? Oh, One my God. One more thing before I What, say, girl, what? You know there's going to be a parade in Oakland, mm. uh, the Golden State Warriors Parade. Hmm. Yes, because you know the Golden oh, State Warriors won the championship. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so, big. So, mm -hmm. so it's going to be a million people. Very, yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I decided not to go because I don't like a whole lot of people around me because it's going to yeah. be packed out full of people. Maybe, <laughs> yes. Maybe you can get a date though with a cute guy. Oh the heck, no, no. <laughs> but but uh, you know. Yeah. Are you going to work it out? I'll work it out somehow. Okay. Uh, I am, actually, I'm collaborating with Kit Tapata. We're going to do uh, a two-night festivities at Wild Side West on Friday night and Saturday night. Folks, come on by. On Friday night, it's going to be Drag King contests. Oh, yeah. And Saturday, it's going to be dancing with DJ Tweeka and giveaways and, and drink specials. When is that? Friday and Saturday of Pride Weekend. Drag Kings oh. are females who dress up in drag as oh, men. Oh, sorry. Is uh -huh. that what you meant? What is that? No, I, I want to know when. When is it? Oh, twenty Friday and Saturday okay. of Pride and, Weekend. And where this is going to be? Wild Side West. Wild Side West. Hmm. Are you gonna come by? If I can find it. Okay. It's easy to find. I'll give you the directions. Come well, by I on got Saturday. My map, uh, on my phone. We gotta go, girl. We gotta yeah, get we gotta out go. of the show. We gotta go, All right. <laughs> Last thoughts, anyone? My thoughts. My last thought. Just be safe. Uh, hang in there. Be strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't get into any trouble. Okay. Oh, my last thought is I'm really, really excited for my first San Francisco Pride. Yay. Yay. Well, I'll be officially bartending, actually. Pride Sunday, Q-Bar, come on down. I'll be okay. wearing little. Fabulous. All right, well, let's close it out with... Uh, 
a great pride song. How about Sylvester? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining House of Pride Radio. Do join us next week when we'll have more local luminaries and um, um, artists from the 80s and 90s as we celebrate the summer of freestyle love. All right. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.
All right, let's hear it. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? One. the scale, I'd like to talk about some things that bring us together. Things that point out our similarities instead of our differences. Because that's all you ever hear about in this country is our differences. That's all the media and the politicians are ever talking about, the things that separate us, things that make us different from one another. That's the way the ruling class operates in any society. They try to divide the rest of the people. They keep the lower and the middle classes fighting with each other so that they, the rich, can run off with all the fucking money. Internet terrorists. Internet terrorists. The meager, one more for the research. Three birds in the bleacher, freaking over reaper from the speakers. What you think I'm beaver? No one neither be 